yourself. When you always believe in yourself. You see, many of us are afraid to try. We give up because we doubt our ability. It's called a psychology of performance. And I want you from this point on to work on attributing your success to your ability and your failure to effort. I want you to always stay at level one and two. When you're not doing a good job, you always drop down to three and four. Well, I did good on the test because there was luck or the test was easy. I wish we had time to go around the room and ask you, where do you attribute your success? Where do you attribute your failure? Your success, the ability. Your failure, the effort. Never question your ability. Always believe you didn't work hard enough. We are now recording. Uh, Starks, you are from PG County. Yes, sir. And you share that you've been in a lot of situations that you potentially shouldn't have been in. Yeah. Yeah. And things didn't go the way that they were supposed to go. And maybe you shouldn't have been there. So exactly what are those situations and what did you learn from those situations? And could you give me a little bit more information? Mm-hmm. All right. I would say uh, the situations overall, just to go overall would be like, I come from the American dream family where I got my mom and my dad. So my friends, a lot of them didn't have their dad. Right. So they can fall in the statistics, in the statistics. Right. But I'm not supposed to, because I have the strong upbringing. Uh-huh. All four of us, right? It's right. four of us. All four of us been through something, right? Uh, not to put them out there on any stretch, <laughs> right? but the other three. But I definitely will speak for me, and I'm the youngest of four. So for me, I I put not following the crowd, but just doing what I wanted to do, and 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 really going against what my father said, because my dad was like, "You got to do this." He was the example. Honestly, man, I didn't want to hear him. Uh. I didn't want to hear him. I wanted to do it my way. I wanted to do it the way I saw it done. Right. And he had a um and, and this is one thing and, and and I applaud him for that because it taught us about stability and taking care of your family. He said, Man, look, you get a good government job, you get yourself a pension, <laughs> you get your social security, and right. you take care of your family, man. That's what you do. You join the post office, you join the military. And I was so, no, I was dead. No, that's not what I'm going to do all growing up. Um, I didn't have an interest in school. I just didn't care. And I don't, I can't even go back and say what the root was. Right. Right. I just know I didn't care about school. It could have been, it could have been a point of where I was just lazy. Right. I could have been just actually lazy. And, and at that point, I, I just like, I would make fast decisions opposed to thoughtful and thought out uh, decisions trying to get to where I need to go. So in essence, what it overall did for me was it put me in situations that I didn't need to be in. One classic quote my dad said about me was, um, was someone so smart you make some of the poorest decisions I've ever seen. (laughs) And 
it was like he was really being honest, right? Like, and when I look back at it, when I look back at it now, and I'm like, he was so dead right. Um, he was a thousand percent correct. Uh, I would just continuously make bad choices. I don't know what it was. Um, I just didn't want to do it their way, if that's if, if so to speak. Right. Um, I wanted to do it my way. So when when you when you speak to the morals or the you know because that's kind of an old way of thinking, right? Yeah. And we're in a generation where kids actually challenge the norm. Yes. Is that why? you're so devoted to being involved with the youth because you were once one of them. Yes. Um, you know what, man? Um, you, you, you bring that point. You say that is the norm now that kids challenge the youth. Well, it wasn't the norm when I was challenging it. When mm. I was, when, uh, not kids challenge the youth, but kids challenge the system, challenge the norms, challenge everything. Right. Right. I was that kid back then when it wasn't norm when it wasn't the normal, you know, people weren't doing it. So I'm out there doing it and it's being frowned upon more than it's being accepted. So it was, it was different. So I just, I just had to keep doing me because I just knew that. And this is what I will say when I didn't. And when I did conform, they were the worst years of my life. I was depressed. I just felt like I was going through the motions. Right. When I was able to be creative and do what I like to do and what I'm good at, and and if it could be a, a situation personally or uh, employment, if I had that opportunity to be that creative, I would flourish that much harder. And and I look at like, you don't have to do it that way because if everyone's going that way, why can't I go this way? Right. <laughs> I cannot go that way. It even, um, you, you know, you go in the Bible, it said narrow is the gate, uh-huh. right? Wide is the gate to like foolishness. Everyone's going there. Why, why can't I go through that narrow gate? Why can't I go through that one? Why do I have to go where everyone else goes? Right. I, I never, I never considered myself a sheep. Uh-huh. I always considered myself, I wouldn't say a shepherd, but I would say more of a, the shepherd's helper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. I didn't consider myself, let's just go there. And if I was a sheep, I guess I'll be considered the black sheep. Yeah, but today they call them tastemakers, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you never considered yourself someone who was starting new trends. Maybe you didn't dress the same as people. Maybe you did other fly things that, you know, were di- just different from what everybody else was doing. Yeah, I mean, in it, in what, I didn't think about the trends, and see, and that's the point. Like, I didn't think about the outcome. Right. I just only thought about what brought me joy. Wow. And when I just focused on what brought me joy, stayed in that zone, and I saw the outcome be the trendsetter. <laughs> be the, uh, when I first hit uh, a thousand followers, when I first saw that. Right. My wife and I sat around and was like, are you serious? <laughs> 50 some years old, right? right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm grown. I mean, not grown, but I'm old. Or right, right. I call myself old all the time. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's a blessing, man, that um, you're able to be in your pocket. Um, like I'm grew up in go-go music. We got this thing, that pocket beat. And, and everyone who knows that pocket beat, it just, it takes you there. Yeah. Whatever there is for you. It takes you right there. And that, and that's what life is right now. Um, literally living in a pocket. And it wasn't easy. 
You know what I mean? And and I'm not sitting here saying like it was hard. No, no, no. It wasn't easy to get peace, but it was necessary. You know what I mean? Because um, I deal with kids and that's what brings me to these kids because I often not think like them, but have that different thought. Like, cause when I'm around people, some people my age, um, they, they start talking and they're like, you got to do this. And you, and I'm right, like, right. I'm not them. I say, maybe I'm real immature. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm not ready. Right. Right. But, but I look at it like, nah, maybe you're just you. Huh? You're different. And, and I even say weird and I embrace the word weird now. Right. Like I used to hear weird, like, oh, you're weird. Now weird is just different. Right. That's weird. No, it's just different. And then I embrace it. No, no, I, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm really enamored by by your story because when when we was growing up, we called people corny, yep. right? A lot of them people are executives, managers, uh, leaders, mm-hmm. in in different spaces that we now would love to be in, right? The people were geeks. Yes. Right. We we had a uh, Revenge of the Nerds Revenge was the nerds. Yes. <laughs> right. You know, that was a movie that was like nerd was a term. And now it's something that's cool and that's celebrated if you go into tech. Right. If you're aggressive with. It. Right. Yeah. And if you go into these certain fields. So I think it's I think it's pretty cool to hear someone of your stature, of your success to talk about how man <laughs> i just had to get in a pocket that brought me peace yeah. that brought me joy because it you know we talk about you see on social media that happiness is this big thing and you got to do what makes you happy but no one ever really explains it in a such detailed way as you as you're like i'm just not comfortable doing what everybody else is doing yeah, just but, because they say I have to do it. Right, but yet we celebrate the people who are outliers. That's right. If they're doing what we think outliers should do. Right. You know why we celebrate them? Because we're looking at it and we're celebrating them so hard because we're like, man, I wish I can release this fear to do what you're doing. Oh. And and that's the beauty of it. But And then when you see more do it, I, I love outliers because I love people who who – who do it from the heart because the thing they do, they give other people the opportunity to look at them and say, I think I can do my thing now. If he did it, not in a way of, Oh, if he did it, but in in that way of man, if he did it, he wasn't afraid. And I know he was afraid. Right. And and that's the one thing like, um, I'm real transparent. Like, and like, like sitting here talking, We'll never talk about our my success. Right. You know what I mean? I, that's not important. What is important is is my struggles. Are my struggles? Are my uh, setbacks? Are my moments that I wanted to quit? Are those dark moments where I, I, I honestly, if I could be frank, didn't want to be here? However, that looks as a nineteen year old kid when I'm confused. Uh, PG community college isn't working. I'm not working for it. Let me put it that way. Right. It was working for everyone who came in there. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Let's be real with it. Right. So I just wasn't working for it. Yeah. Right. And, and, and my life was different and I was in a dark place and, and I was doing, uh, living in a dark life where I would sit up in rooms at, at night at three in the morning and look around the room and be like, I don't belong. I don't belong here. Yeah. 
And, and, and one thing I will say, man, and I, I'd be remiss if I ever have an opportunity and, and not say, if not by the grace of God and not just by that religious going to church, by the grace of God, I'm not there. I mean, like literally saying, God, I don't belong here. Oh. I don't know how to lift me out of here. You do. I need you to lift me out of here. And he just did it. Um, and I can't break down that he did this and he did that. But it took me to believe that he could do it. But talk about some of the yeah. major setbacks and struggles, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, we talk, you know, the whole model of this podcast is keep it up with the podcast. That's right. That's right. Pretty much it's where we show and prove that the change you seek is possible, right? Absolutely. So yes. what exactly were some of those challenges that you went right. through? I'm going I'm to be real honest. Uh, coming out of high school. With a uh, uh, one point something GPA uh-huh. since eleventh grade, right? Right. Last two years of high school, and knowing at that point you have no plan, I was so fearful. Right. I don't know what to do. Go ahead. No, I, I had a one. I think I had a one something coming out of school too. Did you know what you were going to do afterwards? I thought I was going to play basketball. <laughs> with a one something right right but but yes but people do this though yes like my story isn't that story of right. course but you know it, it's just the the collegiate the academic path is not always for everyone but that doesn't mean you're not talented in other areas absolutely um what it left me with was it left me with I had the 1.0. I knew that's what I had to eliminate a college in that route, right? I knew I can go to uh, community college, right? right? That was an option. Uh, the next piece was my dad saying, well, you got to join the military. I was like, I'm not going in the military. <laughs> that wasn't for me. Um, that just wasn't me. I don't knock it. I'm, I love the people who do. I just, and then what it is, is not some piece. It's just I can't get up at 4 in the morning marching. Right. right. So that was my military. I was like, I don't want to do that. So <laughs> that's why I didn't want to go. So anyway, man, coming out of high school, I go off to college and things didn't work out. And then I get sent back and I'm like, what do I do now? What What is life going to be like now? Right now, what do I do? Well, my sister came along. And, and what, I'm, what I'll say is, this is the piece for me. Every situation, what happens is someone comes along. It says, hey, will you, do you want to, I see you, whatever you're doing, if you're, if you're moving right. forward, right, if you keep moving forward, right, 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 through the struggle, through, through when it's hard, through when it's tough, through when you just can't go on, through when you cried until you can't cry no more, right, if you just keep walking, someone comes along your path and says, hey, uh, would you, uh, and then they pretty much say, would you like this opportunity? And if you say that, yes. Then that's a step to what to that direction, and then that then another path, then that's another step. And for me, getting over that initial hurdle was getting that job with my sister working in um, contracts with the government. Um, so now I'm connected as a 19 year old kid who couldn't see past like Bladensburg and our street in Upper Marlboro, <laughs> and we finally got there. Couldn't see past those neighborhoods until now. Until now that I'm. Um, I'm sitting in meetings and I can see the CEO of a, a company and everyone's in a certain tie. 
Oh. And it, it forced me to go step my game up different. Right. So it took it made me take off my Tims and my jeans right. and put on my <laughs> little khakis and my dock shoes or whatever, right? <laughs> it made me switch frames and it was exposure, right? right. And, and through that exposure, and it because it, I didn't have confidence because we don't follow our dreams, I believe, because we lack the confidence to follow our dream at the end of the day when we give it up. Well, what started to bring the confidence back was I can stand in those rooms and talk to those people and uh-huh. I can talk to any pe- any person and I can sit and rap with anyone. And it became natural. And after a while, it was it was normal for me to go, go into a room and just be normal. Right. And and I think that is my greatest gift is being able to just blend in and talk to people at whatever level and, and being and being authentic. Right. So I think um, that was it. Getting that confidence. Working that field till it was time to go and then doing like I worked in television. So I did a lot of different things. I worked at BET for like uh, shout out to BET. We having our reunion in uh, July. Oh, okay. We can't wait. We all over social media talking to each other, talking about we putting pictures up, man. This thing is going to be awesome. Like, uh, uh, shameless plug, but yeah, that's, no, it's, fine. <laughs> it's like errors in life, man. I always believe that. So my first part was contract government. My second part was working in entertainment and television. My third part was actually working in the school system. Oh, well, hold on yeah, one second. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. slow down. Here. <laughs> so you, so you work for the government. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, you can give as much detail as possible, yeah. but I know there's, you know, clearance levels and things of that nature. So yeah. you won't dig too deep into that, but how'd you transition from government right. to entertainment? This, I mean, this is crazy, right? All right. This is like 90. I left, uh, I left our company. We were a contractor for the government. One of the, it was, we we're the top two, contract national international contracts for the government located in Lanham. And that's that. Uh right. so I won't drop their names right. Anything, right. Right? So and um I worked there and I end up by the time I left I was uh manager and of shipping and receiving. Okay. So with that I'm doing uh you gotta do three bids. You have to do everything with the uh contract of the government. You have to work as if you're a government um agency. Okay. So it got it was nine to five, just routine, just routine, just routine. And I can, and it was, um, I loved it. It grew me. It showed me the beginning stages of me, but I think my time was up. Okay. So I left. And in 98, I didn't have a plan. Like I didn't have another job. I just wanted to leave. And I did, a, I traveled a little bit, hung out, did things, whatever, lived life. And then, um, around 99, a good buddy of mine, Pete, uh, he worked there at uh, Don. Uh, he worked at uh, BET. And I said, hey, man, I want to come up there and work. You know, like, you know, our community, right? Right. You got a nice job. Yo, Slim, can I be your right, right, right. manager <laughs> up there? Let me be. And, and that was literally me, right? So I said, y'all want to come up work up there. So he gave me a nice stiff arm. He said, look, I tell you what. <laughs> he said, I tell you what. Won't you go take some classes and come back holler at me? I looked him dead in the eye. I said, bad. Okay. Six months later, you hear that? It wasn't that day. Six months later, after I took those classes and had a ball taking those classes at PG Community College's audiovisual classes, I said, hey, man, here go my certificate. What can you do for me? He had no intention that I was coming back. Right. 
But we 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 from the sand lots, right? So right. he was like, yo, I got to honor my word. So right. I got this little hustle for you. You're going to work in here. You're not really working for BET. You a side contractor from a side contractor getting paid under the... Man. Right. Man, it was crazy. So it worked. That. It worked. <laughs> because this is what I believe when you're talking about an uplifting. It, it, it's uplifting, but it could be a harsh reality, though. The flip side. It's ultimately up to you. Oh. Uh, people say, man, you are lucky. Luck is nothing but opportunity meets preparation. Yes, sir. You know that? Yes, sir. You, I mean, not by asking, but you know that, yes, right? Yes, sir. So yes, sir. if you're not prepared, then you may never be lucky. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. You may no. never be lucky. So I did that part. I did that work, and then I came back, and I said, I'm ready. So he put me in there, and I'm putting away tools. And, and watch, I never intended this story to go like this, but watch, I said, one of my greatest gifts is talking to people. Okay. My man, they engineers, they work in engineer department. I start talking to the, uh, they're actually cutting shows, Rap City, Teen Summit. I'm going in, in the studio. They're like, yo, man, we need this to be done with the little VHR, whatever, whatever, whatever. I need you. I don't even know the terminology because I wasn't really in that field. Right. right. <laughs> but I could talk. Okay. So <laughs> you gotta hear that. I could talk. So and then my man was my man from the sandlot. So I said, yo, can you just go in there and do that for me? The girl real cute. Can you at least do that for me? Right. I don't want to let my I want my word to be bond. So he'll take care of things and I built the relationship uh-huh. between production and engineering that that unified them. And then they start coming up with uh, they had like annual picnics and then they had quarterly meetings and they did these things together and they had potlucks and they did all these things together and they bridged the gap to, and it ultimately creates a better production. Right. You know what I mean? So that was my gift. And then after that, they did a massive layoff and unfortunately I was one of them. Um, not to bore you, but some slick stuff happened with a show late, a late night show that was live. And a couple of us say that show, Next thing you know, I got a call back like, hey, can you do this? Uh, doing tapes. Right. This dubbing tapes. It was real simple at that point. I traveled with them, done different things, been to the, man, it was been, it was a pleasure working with them. It was ultimate, the bomb. Like, it opened me up um, on so many different things. I saw, being real candid, I saw so many black people. Oh. Producers. Every day it was all black people in there. Uh, producers, directors, uh, cameramen, script writers, key grips, the whole staff. And then it was my couple guys, and you know their whole names because there's only been like two of them in the building, right? right. And and they were love, and we treated them like love. But it was black. Man, it was it was amazing. That was from like two thousand ninety nine to about uh, I want to say like two thousand eight. And you know what's what's crazy is uh, we don't really hear about that. Like we hear about we hear that now about you know writers and producers and the bigger names that hey they produced this and they produced the Grammys that you know happened with Will Smith and yeah. all of that. But um, you know coming up back in the day, all we all we knew was the personalities, in right? Front, yeah. And yeah. And I think that's uh, great that you highlighted that that you know BET, which yeah. people always have. Uh, mixed mixed reviews about BET, right? But just to know that you were there, you were working in working for the company, and that it was 
us. It yeah. was BET. It was <laughs> BET. It was black entertainment. And I and I and I say this. Shout out to Bob, uh, Bob Johnson for that because he created. Uh, you hear about these uh, producers like Tyler Perry. Like he set up all these actors. He got. Bob Johnson got all these black people from not only talent, behind the scenes, everything. He was the originator of doing that, you know? Yeah. He he put all of us to work and gave us opportunities and, and changed our, and, and when we have opportunity, we change the direction of our generation. You get what I mean? Like, uh, I understand this. When we become a millionaire in our community. Right, right. Our money doesn't go forward to our right. children. It goes backwards. It goes backwards. Right. To take care of mama, grandma, and everybody. Right. As we should. However. I actually want to uh, actually want to disagree with that. Okay. Go ahead. Um, you know, we had uh-huh. uh, Breezy here. Corey. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes, we, yes, yes. You know, um, owners of GVO Studios. And, you know, we were talking about, like, what do you do for... The older people who are lost, right? And not to say your grandmother and your mother don't count, but I believe to an extent that is part of our issue because we got to go back with our money instead of just pushing it forward. Exactly. And I, I think at least with our generation, like, yes, we're doing more, but even if I don't make it to the goals that are I set forth for myself, what I give to my children and what they get and if they achieve a certain amount of success, I don't want them to give any of that to me. Right. Because right. I want it to go that's the, the way goal. it's supposed exactly. to go. See, that's the point. Now, don't get me wrong. That's it's the difference between what we want. <laughs> right, right, and right. And what is. Right, right. right. And I totally true, agree true, with True, you. indeed, true, indeed. We, and that's the difference because generational wealth simply means I can pass it on. Right. But it takes at least two generations to get generational wealth. It takes that first one t- for us. I also don't believe in generational wealth. I well, okay. I'm, I'm tell gonna tell you why. Okay, I I'm like tell you this. Why. This, is, this, is, this, is, this is deep. I like this. Uh, uh, and the only reason I don't believe in generating, I you know, it sounds foolish, but if we don't give the not, if we don't hand the knowledge down, right? Like I've read uh, uh, the Millionaire Next Door, right, and. Uh, Russians talk about having it. They always teach their children to be a dark horse in the race, right? So they can be aggressive always. And with us, there's a level of entitlement that becomes that, that is given to the kids that has them, has them spoiled and lazy. And it doesn't, the money starts to run out. Yes. Like the financial literacy isn't handed down. The the keeping this in our community, like they're like just like a business that's vertically integrated, right? In your family, there should be some type of <laughs> there should be some type of knowledge that's handed down to where we do these things. When so, it comes to our money, we do you so see what I'm saying? I, I, one thousand percent So it only lasts two, three so generations. That's not generational wealth. Is it, do you not agree with generational wealth or how we're conducting generational wealth? Uh, you get what I mean? Fair enough. That, you get what I'm saying? That is exactly what I'm saying. Yes. I, I think we throw the term around so loosely yes. with a lack yes. of understanding and what it really means. Yes. Like Heinz is generational yes. wealth. Yes. Ford is generational, generational wealth. wealth. 
Like yeah. those type now, of things where being honest now, you look at someone like Sean Carter, Jay Z. Right. He is now producing. I promise you, he's going to have general. He's going to have that situation because he's going to build a brand. Right. Now the difficulty for us is, you said Ford, Heinz. Um, you're talking about household brands. Right. How many do we have? How even our hair care ain't even under us. It's starting to be start, that way, right. though. Yeah, you know there's mean? a lady I mean, out of Texas. Yes. I can't think of her name, but she has the makeup line. Yeah, yes. Yes. All right. But fundamentally and traditionally. Right. Right. So look at we our don't, position. We don't create bug spray. Right. Which would, I'm just saying, right. you, you know, right. something something crazy, right? Like there was a, a story of the guy who created bug spray, right? right? And he put it in the store and it was just all bug spray. And then he changed it down to the same formula, but it was fly, ant this this and this none of us have came up with anything like that or even you know we we think about like ketchup or you know there are certain sauces that we come up with or liquor but anything like there are no household names there are no tesla in our community and i'm not saying and i'm not trying to beat down our community i'm just saying like those are things that we should that we we should should be striving for right because everybody can create merch we want to be a baller (laughs) Right, right. I mean, we want to level. We want a ball. Yeah, and I think that was given to us too, as far as us wanting to look that way. Right. You know, we want to look the part. We want to look the part, but we don't actually have the you know back end of infrastructure hey, of how to set up a, a real generational wealth, yeah. a brand, a real brand. Not when I die, my record label going to die. Right. Not that. Not Death Row Records or something on that level. But real something that's in your house product, like every day from either a brush, a goodie brush, what they right, have, or right. something on that level, Johnson and Johnson level. Right. You know what I mean? And and we don't. And, and I believe it's coming. I'm just yes. saying that, you know, I think that the, the teachings around generational wealth is we get a lot of money and then we have so much money that it'll never go away and that doesn't exist. Yes, I, I definitely agree with that. And I also agree with, I also hear that um, as as each generation goes backwards, the less knowledge we had financially. Right. Like people say, man, we got our houses taken. They stole, no, they didn't steal our houses. We couldn't read. Therefore, if you can't read, what's the thing you're definitely not going to have? A deed. So now you don't have a deed. Right. So legally, the state, the city, the county can come and take your house. Oh. If they say you have this many days to prove your deed or do we have to take it? I hear your grandmother gave it to you, but there's no proof. You could just be squatting <laughs> and they take your house. And that's how we lost these homes. And 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 what it is, is um, when you say it's coming and, and, and I, when you hear me, I'm not, I'm, I know it's coming. And right. You know why I know it's coming? Because each generation took a step as far as they could, right? Some were under pressure. Some were, man, you could have took a harder step than that. Right. You know what right. I mean? We, we could be honest with that. And I, right. I'll say that with my generation. We got cool with, we got comfortable. And, and even we created privilege to our kids. Yeah, safety. We moved them out to the suburb talking about, I don't want you to grow up like me. No, they need to grow up like us. They need to go through that struggle. They need to go because you said it. There's no principles. There's no, they don't learn. You know what I mean? So now they can't carry on the family 
uh, company because you don't have that. You know what I mean? So I totally agree with you, but I definitely agree with it's coming because it's the next generation that's going to take it. And then the next generation, I just, then I have to believe it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I mean, being honest, man, I mean, I have to believe it. Well, I think you do. I think, you know, it's just that when you see a lot of things with our youth and, and how, um, we we see what's going on and we're all supposed to be connected now, but it sometimes breeds even more aggression in our communities. Right. Yeah. And yeah. people are hurt. People are lost. Um, you know, how, how do you, how do you handle that on your end? Because you've been a coach, you've been head of boys and girls clubs. Yeah. Right. And you're obviously in the community. Yeah. And and you're a part of outreach, right? Yes. Outreach coordinator at Maryland Hall right now. Uh, Man, you know what? That's the thing. Uh, And then I I, I even want you to even say, and then they had COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, which like what it did, man, for kids. And, and and I, and I I can, I can speak and I'm, and this is not coming at anyone. This is a, this is being honest and, and out of love for real. I was in the school system when COVID happened. So we walked away like, all right, we'll be back in a week. Nah, we ain't coming back. And next thing you know, we were out. So we're just talking. It's communication. And it's seldom communication. Right. From the top down, right? So you're just into, because no one knows. And it's no fault. No one knows what to do at this time. No one in the world knows. So long and short, man, um, we came back to school and continued with mask on right? as if we just left Friday. Right. Back <laughs> right. I haven't seen you in two years. Right. <laughs> what? I was uh, like, you got kids who were fifth graders coming back as seventh graders. Right. And, and I think, um, I think where, where we lost an opportunity is we lost an opportunity to put on brakes and say, Hey, it's, and then you kept hearing around like, Hey, we're losing. We're, we're falling behind worldwide education wise. No, the whole world is shut down. So I think right now everybody is, you, you know, right. I mean? it's not like they're right. going to school right. in another country. They're not going to school in Taiwan right now. Right. Everybody is shut down. Right? right. So I thought we missed the opportunity to deal and address mental health and address the stresses that these kids are going through. Uh, because what I did notice was the influx of silence from kids, uh-huh. the influx of balled up fist and tightness of kids, uh, the deer in the headlight look from teachers who were like 30 years old. What if you're like 30 years old, single, you're from Wisconsin, but you're teaching in Maryland. Right. And you're stuck in that pandemic. You stuck in the house by yourself in your apartment. Wow. For almost a year. And then you just got to go. Okay. Now, Miss Johnson, I need you to go back to work. And uh, as right. if it didn't happen. Right. And then you got these kids coming in, losing their mind. It was, uh, it was really traumatic, man. Like, mm. and, and not to um, get into the increase of violence, you, you know, f- across the board. Right. And 
and and even with me being honest, I uh going back into that school year when it was full year, my wife said, "You know, you don't have to go back." I said, "I know, but it feels like I'm not done yet. It's oh. something I'm supposed to do." And I think it was like first week of December. Uh, I do a men's group Tuesdays, right? We sit on a Zoom call and talk to brothers, uh, working it out, right? Okay. So he, uh, one of my guys uh, called me up, Bevel. He says, hey, Stocks, how you doing? I said, you know when people ask you how you doing, you're like, I'm good. And you it, keep floating. Right. <laughs> uh, man, I'm walking up and down. I'm, in, I'm on the floor of Maryland Hall. At this point, I'm just a contractor there doing outreach with Laura Brino. Uh, I come up and down the hall, and he says that I sit down on one of the um, ottomans. Uh-huh. I said, you really want to know how I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, talk about crisis. This was a crisis. Right. What do I do? Right. I don't have a plan. And he said, man, how you doing? I said, this is what I'm going through. He said, oh. He said, I'm going to start off with, like I always say, pray. Pray on it. Right. And then he said, you got to do what your heart feels. He asked me a series of questions. Uh, are you financially set up to make this move? I said, yes, we can make this move. We can make it work. He said, it seemed like you already got your mind made up. And when I got off the phone, I had a, a piece about me that was different. Oh. And I came back in the room and I got my teacher in there teaching class. And I said, I clapped my hands. I was like, I know my plan. Yeah. I knew my plan at that moment. I, I didn't know my plan. Let me take that back. I knew it was going to be a different plan. Right. I knew at that moment. So I literally went in and wrote my uh, notice and said, when we go to wait, when we go to Christmas break, when we come back, I will not come back. There's, there's a lot of comfort in direction. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I have a mentor. I was talking to him about, you know, what I'm doing here and, he he broke down everything I was doing and I was like, well, I want to build it and make it bigger, but you know, we need capital to do that. Yeah. And he was like, well, what's your plan? I was like, well, this came to me. I thought about this and he just connected so many dots for me that when I got off the phone, I had that same level of peace because yeah. I had direction. Direction. So when you, when you finally figured out, okay, it's time. What was that direction that you went into? I turned in my papers at a uh, board of education. <laughs> <laughs> they said, Hey, we need you to actually, I was trying to turn in my badge at my high school that I worked at. And they were like, nah, you got to turn it to the board of education. And with social media, I, I walked out. I just felt different. I said, all right, I did it. Right. I walked out. I said, uh, I don't know what's next, but this is good. Right. I said, this is a good feeling. I'm going to start doing my thing. Um, I didn't, at that moment, man, to be honest, I wasn't planning on going back to work ever again. Oh. Yeah, I was done. I was done. I was going to do my thing and, and keep it moving, right? Yeah. Uh, and I shout out Laura Brino because uh, one of the greatest people I ever met in this city in in, in my life period because she uh, she is, is, is a good friend and an opportunist also. She doesn't play. Like she said, ah, oh, 
I was like, ah. <laughs> I said, I left. You talking about ah. Like, <laughs> I got a plan. And she did have a plan, right? She had a plan. She said, you could come work with us part-time. I'm, I'm going to make it happen. She made it happen. Right. I said, I don't know. My wife was like, you know you're going to be going back to work. <laughs> I said, no. She said, didn't that, isn't that what you didn't want to do? And I was like, yeah, but it's what I want to do. Right, right. It, it was like, it was like they said, would you want to come do this? For a major company. Right. And you'll be like, yeah, I want to do my own thing. Right. But this is one great opportunity. Right. I'll do it part-time. You know what I mean? So I did it part-time. And then we got a new executive director, and she came on and said, uh, hey, uh, when can we get you to go full-time? <laughs> 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 so I had another talk with the wife. Like, uh, we, you know, because everything, I believe every move I make, has to be a family decision. Okay. Uh, watch this. Even when I don't tell her, I'm going to quit. No, I'm joking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be a family. The, the direction afterward has to be a family uh, decision. Right, right. But uh, uh, that's the beauty right there. Um, yeah, I, I just did that. And then as I, I just kept walking. Okay. Like literally just kept doing what I did. Right. I looked at it like, okay, now... I have more time. I can get to the uh, to the school and service these kids. Uh-huh. Crazy enough, I figured I could help the kids better if I left the school system. You know, and, and is that is that how the hood to good formed? Yes, um, that man. Oh wow, that happened in uh, two thousand seventeen. Okay, so what what timetable is? Uh, is it that you are leaving the school system and meeting uh, with Lori? What uh, was that? That's uh, way after. That's 2021. Okay. So that's, that's like at towards the end to where now I'm settling, right? Okay. Uh, Hood to Good happened in 17. Right. I'm on vacation. I hear a um, young man got killed over in Eastport. We knew him. Um. Uh, uh, one of he. Yeah, that was a tough one. And we had these community meetings, Eastport working together meetings, and we came, and it was a couple nonprofits that were formed out of that. Right. Mine was one, and it was uh, Community Transitions, and it still exists. Uh, Hood to Good was led by three young cats that went to uh, Phoenix Academy. And uh, Charting Careers took them over, and then they gave them to me, and now they're under uh, with us at Maryland Hall as one of our outreach programs. Right along with uh, Hovindus Artistas and uh, Creating Community. So that's what we have going on. But Hood to Good is literally it. And it's such a, uh, and I want to do this. Um, It's such a conversation piece, the name. Yes. Right? Yes. Hood to Good. I heard in our community uh, people say, you know, the name is challenging. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and you won't get funding, you won't get this, and you won't get that. I said, yeah, but it's what the kids named it. Right. And I can't change their name. And I want to be honest with you, when I first absorbed it under uh, Community Transitions, I wanted to change the name. Oh. I said, this ain't going to, I was one of them. I said, this ain't going to make money. This ain't going to, this ain't going to, this ain't going to. And then my guy, Ty Thompson, said, nah. He said, no, keep it. 
There's something about that name. And then he said, plus, this is the kid's name. Right. So we kept the name. Through the years, since 17, it's 23 now. So that's like six years. It's, it's my goodness, we've done so much for the community, for the kids. And ultimately, not what we've done for the community. Um, the work that Hood to Good has empowered the kids that's in Hood to Good. Right. And how they grow up and move in a successful manner. And not just because they're financially set or they went off to anything. Because they walk with an air of confidence of not entitled that I belong here because I bust my butt. Right. And I put in my work. So I'm not asking for the respect. You're going to give me the respect and we're going to keep it moving because I'm going to respect you. Right. And and they got that confidence. And that's the thing that Hood the Good does. And that's what it did. And through it, we service the community. We keep in contact with community leaders and talk to uh, the police chief of Annapolis as well as do these awesome shows. So we do a lot and uh, it's a lot of fun. You say you keep in touch with the police chief. What is that piece about? Because I, I did see you had a meeting with the police. Yeah, and everyone looks at that like, what? Yeah, right. so um, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's like, uh, especially in our community, right? We do not trust the police. So for you to be sitting down, um, that could either be advantageous or it could be a problem. And how how well did that go? It went beautiful. And, and this is what I mean by that. Selfishly for me, I need as many police to see my face on a normal day. So when they pull me over in that midnight hour, I can go home to my wife. Right. That's facts. And I pray <laughs> to God that you have that same experience every time that happens with you. Yeah. That you yes, able sir. to go home. Right. Yes. Because we deserve to go home. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just hear that people. We deserve to yes. go home. Yes. Why can't we go home? Right. right. So, that's first and foremost. And they deserve to go home, these kids. So they need to see their faces. And when you see them in the night, when they showing off in front of their friends, swelling up. Right. And you're matching their adrenaline with the same Mr. Police. Right. I hear you. I understand all that. But I want you to see them in another capacity where they're asking you articulate questions because we don't come in and like, what's going on? Right. Our whole meeting is based on, hey, what are your concerns? How can we help you? Right. So we're actually coming in saying, how can we assist you? Uh-huh. Not how can we snitch on our community? Right. How can we help you stop killing us in the middle of the night? How can we help you? And, and not, not that Annapolis city police by right. any stretch, but right. just having that relationship with the police. I believe it's. How can we deescalate situations before they even take before place? Before they even take place. Right. Because now when that policeman is scared in that moment, as he should be, because he didn't grow up seeing this and he didn't grow up seeing that many of us in the middle of the street and at that hour at night right. talking about what you're going to do. Right. So when he gets aggressive and he loses, he gets scared. He now sees us. Which is a whole problem in itself. So that, <laughs> but, but, but that you know, we, we got we to gotta handle what we can handle, right? But I tell you this, until we can fix that problem, right. we can at least edit it. Right. We right. could do something right. with it. And then that's what that's what and see that's the thing. Like like someone said, like I said, I, I don't march anymore. Because uh. I find who I'm marching with is who I'm marching against. If I'm marching against legislation, I don't 
want to see 15 politicians marching with me. I'm really marching at you to get this legislation. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So I learned that that's not my, my forte. Okay. I'm going to teach these kids that no matter how this system is set up, you too can be successful. Right. Um, I'm, I'm speak real honestly. It's so funny. And I'm be real candid on this. Someone asked me, how do I feel about gentrification? I said, I don't like it because why couldn't they fix our neighborhood up while we were there and invest in us? Right. But I do like it because once they're there, I know if I move there, I'll be a beneficiary. Mm. And that's the sad truth. You, you, you like, see, when you're hearing me, it's not a belief I have. See, don't mix my belief with no. a fact that's like, if you move into Washington, D.C., right on Capitol Hill right, right now, right. you're going to benefit from some stuff. No. <laughs> I mean, no. They're, they're, the thing about it is that uh, gentrification pushes us out. So now yes. people can come back and they can be closer to work. Yes. They can, Absolutely. you know, have all the, the, the whole foods are now in the city mm-hmm. and they're not out here, why you know. Right. And, so why, and why couldn't they do that? Which I do understand what you're saying. And it is. Ultimately, it's beneficial, right? Because yes. it's going to bring money to the place that we do reside in, even even or we're comfortable with. Right. Because we still work there, we still work there, we still live there, we still everything there, right? Yes, they pushing us like you look at DC, for instance. They pushing them into Charles County. They pushing them into PG County as much as they can filter. The bad part is when you when you do that, you're pushing neighborhoods that have issues with one another, right? And you're pushing them closer now in the same community. Now it ups the, now see, that's the thing. Like everything has pockets. Right. So for a young 30 something progressive young black person, I'll move up in the city right now. You'll benefit a lot. Right. A young person, 30 something and, and it's struggled because you got a couple kids and things went wrong. And now you living. It's tough right now because it's not set for you. Mm. It's not set for, for, People who they say didn't go get it, but they did go get it and they are trying to get it. And and the fact that I hear people to say they just don't want it bad enough. That's to me, that's the most ignorant thing I can ever hear. Huh. Everybody wants it. They don't know how to get it. And then fear because of, I don't know how to get it will drive people to do things that you wouldn't do. Right. Like I'm talking to my dad today and he said, you know, uh, your niece, man, she did this and she went and got hers. I said, yeah. And then someone else can, they can do it too. I said, yeah. I said, my niece is different. My niece cut different. So yeah, she can do it. Right. I said, you can't put that weight on everybody. People going to need help. People going to need assistance. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. you can do yes it. And, yes and no. Yes, you can do it. Yes. But don't you have to have a mentor or something? You do, but That's what I mean. But at the same time, I don't. I didn't have a mentor. Right. I mean, you know, you this got one now. This is yes, yeah. definitely right. For sure, this, what I mean. this is highlighting you. But but I had to. I mean, some stuff I just had to figure out yes. the the hard way, and yes. sometimes the hard way was behind bars. Yes, you know. So yes, yes. so it, it's. I think it's it's what you do with the opportunities which may be tragedy to some other people but it may be a time where you get to sit down and you get to say okay well i read this book this made sense oh this regular well that guy's just like me he come from where i come from he should be able to do that i've seen this person do this so i i think it what it is is 
we live where we have these in our pockets, right? And there's so much information on here that you just have to seek out and people still won't do that, but they can figure out how to buy something. They can figure out how to get their favorite food. They can figure out how to travel to their favorite place, but they can't figure out how to be successful in life. Yeah. They won't, they won't put the work in. So, so when your dad says that to a certain extent, you got to agree because life is going to get, (laughs) You gonna get the lessons of life, yeah. like the the uh, what did they yes. say? The school of life, the school of the hard knocks, right? You're gonna get that, yes, and you should, and you're gonna have to pay the price in certain places. So, yes, I, I truly believe that some people are leaving money on the table. Yeah, no, for lack of a better term, I, you know, I'm teaching middle school, right? Right, and and I know these kids. I know some kids are are going to be difficult because they're making bad choices. And he said, well. Your life is going to be based on the quality of your choices. <laughs> I said, well, what if you don't know how to make good choices? He turned around, looked at me, and he said, well, good luck with that. <laughs> what yeah. they say? A hard head make a soft bottom? It does. And and sometimes, but, but eventually. You should get it. Eventually, there's a point where you say, I need change, right? Like, I have all these books here because I believe in forever being a learner. That's right. 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 Like you have to continually educate yourself. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Right. When you worked at BET, you didn't you didn't know how to do certain things, but you still networked and figured out how to maneuver. Right. Like there was a point in your life, like you were even talking about being in that dark room and just asking God for help and guidance. Right. Right. There's something that has to take place sometimes for people. And it's. I believe it's things that we often try to keep people from. And yes, <laughs> you just got to go through some of them circumstances. So yeah. with kids, I think you can educate them as much as you can. Oh yeah. You know, I grew up in Anne Arundel County. I got expelled from elementary school. <laughs> that sounds like Anne <laughs> Right. Like how does that, but you know, I got kept back the grade because sure. I was supposed to skip a grade and I got kept back a, a grade because of my behavior. Gotcha. So the intellect was always there. There were right. just other things that were going on. Absolutely. And um, absolutely. You talk about behavioral coaching, or or uh, I used to be a behavioral specialist at, and that's like the DMR room at uh, a middle school. What? So me and uh, one of the other guests were having a conversation about uh, diet. Yep. And we believe that some of the diet for our kids is what is actually causing the ADHD. It's not necessarily that these kids are a problem, but it's what's available to them and what they're eating. All right. Um, I can, I can, I can fully speak on the kids I deal with, right? Not just only the pocket I deal with, but looking at a school system of kids and I look at, you could just go around and look at the kids' lunches who break open the little bags of celery and all of that. And it's like the corny lunch, right? Right. I oh, got the corny lunch. Right, we all right, laughing right. and joking. I'm like, I kind of want one of the pieces. <laughs> Low key, right? Right. So all that's happening. And then he does have straight A's. But along with that, that's learned behavior, mm. right? So that's taught at home. Okay. So I, I believe... The food is a byproduct to get you there, but you won't know about what food unless the roots tell you. Mm. So when you're at home 
your worldview is that's your biggest worldview, your house, right? That's your first one. So you you believe in what they're saying because you're two, you're three, you're four, you're five. So you have to believe that. That's all you hear. If they're not serving vegetables, that's not that's foreign to you. Right. So now you're not getting those things. You're not getting the balanced meal that and you notice that my generation, we got them. You know why we got them? The Jokers was on the cartoons on Saturdays. Uh, they was talking right. about a hunker for a hunk of cheese and all of that <laughs> stuff, man. All of that, man. They talked about information. Right. right. They were teaching you. So if you didn't get it from home, now you see that, mommy, why don't we have cauliflower? Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you, it raises different kind of questions. And if you're eating big mamas smushed right. with some Takis, Right, <laughs> you really are into with these kids eating. <laughs> like, see, that's the thing. Like, right, I am who I am, and I, I comfortably say what I say because I'm in there with it. Right, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm right what I'm saying. Right, I said I was comfortable with saying it because this is what I right. see. Right? right, and all of them. Um, I see the kids who who get the well balance. They telling you when you don't watch them, they're looking at the unbalanced like, I really want that. I'll come past. You don't. Right. <laughs> you really don't. No. Nah. Go back and get your well balanced. And when you're older, you can have a cheat night. You know right, I mean? right. But don't go to the unbalanced right now. Right. It will change your lifestyle. And not because unbalanced, it's not that you don't get vegetables because your parents forgot. Right. It never existed in that house because it's not a priority for feeding. I got to feed this many kids. I got to do this right. and I got to do right. it in that mother We time. can give all of them spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Extra meatballs if we got right, to chop right, up some right. hot dogs. <laughs> or whatever was left in the refrigerator. Right. Exactly. Right? A gumbo. Right. You eat gumbo before you knew what gumbo was. Right. <laughs> you know? and, and then you go to school. And you're up all night because you got to watch a little something because your mom got to work. Let's go into productive homes, right? Right. Let's go into the productive challenge homes. I'm not going into the really fractured ones. Right. Mom has to work two jobs because pops ain't there. So mom got to work. So whoever's the oldest. Got to watch their little siblings. Got to. You got to feed them. So now you 12 years old. You're not around a daycare. (laughs) You hear that? You're right. 12 years old. You have a skill set. Right. But because it's so fast and when you're in when you're in a survival mode, uh-huh. you don't have a second to plan. If you're attacking, attacking or under attack, you don't have time to write out a plan. Right. You have to address right now. Right. So you can't make it. It's 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 hard. That's what I mean like not that you as a person can't do it. Right. But what if you wake up? And you remember I said earlier, the school system didn't fail me. I failed it. Uh-huh. But what if you wake up and in your eyes, you see the school system failed in your house. Right. No one graduated. And then you go out in your neighborhood where it ain't no grass. It's just dirt and the patches of grass, concrete. And trash cans everywhere. Did the stink and pissy diapers everywhere. Right. Right. Education ain't work here. Nothing worked here. And the best I can do 
as a man, because it ain't too many men our age in those neighborhoods because we're not allowed to live there. Uh-huh. Two adults can't be there. Right. Who's going to leave? So I'm gone. And the man you do see is popping willies with a wife beat on on a bicycle. <laughs> right. And right. I know I'm stereotyping. Right, like right, mother, right, right, right. But I'm not lying. Either. But you paint the, you paint the picture right. that everyone has seen before. Right. That we see. Right. So right. now I'm this kid. And even if and on the way, on the way to school, on the way to the bus stop, I see some God awful stuff. And then I get to class. As soon as I get off the bus, little so and so, I don't ha- I don't feel like having that day from you like I did yesterday. Right. And then your response is after you woke up to that chaos at home, ain't and you cursing. Right. Now you sent to the office at seven forty five. School don't start to eight. Right. Right. So it's a it's a. So it's frustration. So then that kid quits. It's natural. It's natural that after a while, if you can't do anything and you're doing your best that you know, you will quit. It can be natural. Yeah. And not that it's good, but it's almost like it's like that breaking point, right? What do you do? So now you got that kid and so many of them just say, freak it. If this is how it's going to be. I'm going this way. Well, it's a conditioning thing, too, because I remember, you know, kind of growing up in a situation like that. Not necessarily all of those uh, aspects of yeah, it, yeah. but, um, you know, being troubled, going through things. And then uh, I saw myself as I got older. One of the common thing, and it was funny, amongst the women I dated was you never finish anything. So whenever anything would get tough, you rolled out, I would quit. And, um, you know, I had to take a hard look at that. And obviously, you know, things have changed now. But um, when you talk about it that way, it kind of just makes it full circle for me because you don't you don't see it. But a lot of things are ingrained in us from being young, even poor eating habits and things of that nature. So, yes, you know, you started community uh, community transitions. Right. And I just want to read your vision for community transition. All right. Our vision is for the youth and their families to experience the unmeasurable greatness of life's opportunities and all that's available when we pursue our dreams. Such a profound, (laughs) empowering vision for your company. And is that brought on by all of these things that you highlighted? And is that what you can't, is that what came to you and you were like, what can I do to make a change? Um, I heard you read that and I literally, I wrote that, right. And I created that and I wrote that. Right. My wife said, you have, you have to write a, a mission. My wife, all right. My wife went and got a double masters in nonprofit oh. to run my nonprofit. That's right? a, Let's give it a round of applause for yes, that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Clap up the rain starts. Yes, indeed. I'm sorry. Shameless plug, but I'm telling you, 20 years, man, it's real, right? Oh, 20 years? Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, you hey, hey, man. <laughs> but now, like she said, she's the, I'm the guy who go out in the woods and hunt. Right. I, I hunt. I do, I, do the, I do that. Right. She... Is the business right? She's mm. like, you got to be this tight. You got to be this because you're dealing with the IRS. You're dealing with. I this. love that. Man. Yeah, I love that for you. Yeah. Right. 
So do I. <laughs> Keeps me out of a lot of bad situations. You talk about some situations. Right. Right? It could be some situations. Uh, real quick, two of my first gigs came because the other companies they were looking at were not in good standards. Mm. Keep your stuff up, man. I'm not boasting and bragging. I'm saying it's hard. It is. It's hard. Yes, it is. It's hard. They get tell you start. Work. They tell you start LLC, but they don't tell you get them lawyers. Get get consultations yes. if you can. Get information yes. because they will come after you. They haven't came after me. I ain't been doing this that long, but right. I've heard the horror stories. Yeah. So I understand. Got to be legit. Yes, sir. So what happened is with that vision, you're absolutely right. That is it. That is what I principally believe. I fundamentally believe that. I believe anything is possible. Mm. Kevin Kevin Garnett yelled, anything is possible. Right. And screamed it. Right. You see a grown man win and you see his childhood self come out. Yes. Because he didn't believe it was possible. Until he did it. Did it, yeah. Then he yelled, at that moment, anything's possible. Watch this. This is what I've been learning, man. Um, David. (laughs) They brought David and Goliath, right? Uh David knew he could beat the Goliath. His simple words were, I know I can beat him. They came, he said, what, a wolf or whatever. A bear came for my sheep and my goats where I was tending the Lord's and I beat them. They came for this. I beat them. Surely I can beat that. All he said was, I accomplished this. Right. I accomplished that. Right. Surely I can, can accomplish that. Right. It's a stack of evidence. It's a stack of evidence. And if you don't try, if you're afraid to fail, then you can't succeed. I don't I don't know any one hit wonders. I know people who've been working and then it hit. They've been grinding. They've been busting their butt behind the scenes, doing their work on a on a hardcore level, not making any money doing it. And then all of a sudden it was their turn. It pops. It right. Pops. Yeah. Oh man, he came from <laughs> out of nowhere. Nah, nah. <laughs> you didn't see 2012. You didn't see that. You didn't see him living out the truck. You right, right. Him. You didn't see him wearing that same sweatsuit every day. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you ain't seen me in that same Sergio Takini sweatsuit <laughs> back in the day in 89, right? You right, see that. right, right. So I just fundamentally believe, and then it's like almost if, if you follow your dreams, mm-hmm. anything can happen. Yeah, I have I, I have a belief that your dreams want to come true. They're just waiting on you. They're waiting on you. Yeah, I uh, truly believe that. Yeah, I'm I'm talking. I'm at I'm at Aha. Shout out. And I'm working with a group of my kids, uh, hood the good kids. And I said, kids, it's all going to be a uh, junior. What would you do if you can ideally leave school your way in twelfth grade? Every dream you thought can come true. First of all, none of them had that. None of them was like, oh, then, man, I would. Right. You can't even dream it. 
Wow. You, you hear me? Wow. Yeah. You, you hear how Loud deep that is, yeah, right? Yeah, that okay. is. Then he said, and that's why this is this is why I'm here. This is why God put me here for real. He said, I would I would like to play basketball and go to college. Dude can ball. Right. I mean, this dude is a baller. Right. No joke. And then said, you know, and if that doesn't work, I'll, I'll go do something else. I'll be a. And I was like, you already preparing to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine preparing to fail harder than you prepare to succeed. You're already ready. Yeah. How in the world do you have a chance if you don't believe you can? So this is what I told him. I said, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cut you off. I said, Slim, don't you start as a uh, sophomore on the varsity team? He said, yes. I said, aren't you the starting quarterback for varsity on the football team? (laughs) He said, yes. I said, then you're definitely going to play sports in college. Right. That's a given. You should be choosing where you want to go now. Right. I said, next, if you ever tiptoe on a dream, you lose. Go a thousand miles an hour on your dream. I said, don't ever have a plan B. Yeah. Plan B, I said, hot and cold won't exist. One will win. Hmm. One will win always. And if you put a plan B in it, that's the one that's going to win. I said, the irony is your plan B happens before your plan A. If you follow your dream. Right. You'll get your degree. Right. You'll have it in IT. Right. And then you go off to the draft. Right. And play in the NBA. Yeah. Because there's a lot of guys who uh, I was watching an interview with uh, Desi Banks, who's this, you know, comedian. And mm-hmm. but he's talk about his journey in the social media. And pretty much he was saying the same thing. He played football. He went to college and he said he was talking to his coach and his coach was like, I think you're going to be successful at something else. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know. Right. Um, and, it's, and it's okay. And yeah. Check but, that out. And it's okay. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes, yes sir. Because where you, are you now, and I'll let you finish, I swear, but no, are you sorry. where you thought you were when you left talking about this is what I'm going to do? <laughs> no. Right? I thought I was going to be a fireman, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew I was going to be a fireman. And then I, then I, you know, obviously when I graduated, I thought I was going to be a basketball star. And, um, no, I do something totally different now. And you love it. I enjoy it. Yeah. I I well, I enjoy this. <laughs> it's the business, right? Yeah, everything leads you to and you've you've talked about it, right? Like everything leads you to something else. And yes. I think when you get into especially for me, um and this isn't about me, but <laughs> I've talked a lot about myself here, but I, I, it's a conversation. <laughs> I'm loving it. Takes the pressure off. <laughs> <laughs> but no, going in, you know, I used to do a lot of retail jobs, and then I went corporate. And um, once I got into corporate, I think you know where I'm at now, and it's like it's good, but there's a feeling of um, wanting to do more, wanting to do something else. You know, absolutely. So I, I truly believe that you you go on whatever plan you have in your path. And then when you fulfill what you don't know what you're supposed to fulfill, you start to get that feeling of, okay, it's time to move. It's time to move. 
Yeah, I think um, we get frustrated because we're looking for our destination. But it's a journey. It's the journey. Of stops. Yes. And seasons. Right. And, 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 and relationships is everything in those things because sometimes a season is just for you to build a relationship that you won't really need until or chapters down in your life or something. Right. You're planting seeds. Right. And then they come about like, oh, man, I know the guy. My man, I met way mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. How? And then you stop and think, how would I know somebody who can do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> we were just talking about it on the last episode. I would have never ran into, I would have never ran into Matt Breezy if he wasn't in Japan meeting my friend. Wow. Right. Wow. And and now we're sitting down and just how the dots, you know, really connect. So with that said, wow. uh, I always ask this to the guests as the last question to sure. close them out. Yeah. Um, and then we s- still go on and talk about a bunch of stuff after that. But I have to know what's next for you. What's next for community transitions and uh, what is going to be the next chapter that we should look forward to seeing. Wow. That's the first time I've been asked that in my whole life, except for my wife. Okay. <laughs> Other than her, no one's asked me, what's next for you? Um, for community transitions, I won't put the whole, well, I will. We want to go into, uh, we talked about, having our nonprofits and our LLCs legit, right? Uh-huh. And I talked about my wife being in that position. Um, we we want to start focusing on that. Um, I've been slow walking it. I do everything real slow. I don't, oh man, we should do this next Saturday. I've never been that guy. That's, uh, this is not me. Right. Uh, what is me is, I, I, crazy is going to say, I wait for God, man. I, um, I wait for him to say, go however he says go not like he's i don't want people to say he's crazy he's thinking like god is not in my ear talking about go. <laughs> you know what i mean uh it's a sign it's a signal it's a message it's that you do this and the next person say i thought you do this and they don't know you and it's that right. confirmation and all of that and you're like okay so then you move on it well i'm waiting for that because the next move is for her to start um going into our community, legitimizing our businesses. And I want to do it at no cost for them. That's my holdup. Okay. I don't want to charge them and I don't want to have my wife do that stuff for free either. Right. Right. So I'm like, how do I get that money? Okay. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. So all the people that I took information, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not stalling you out. I just don't want, I want it to be community outreach like it should be. Um, I love that. Yeah, I, I don't. Do. I don't ever want to. Yeah, I don't believe in that. Come on now. I, I, I mean, there's a way. Yeah, I, and I, it will yeah, come. Yeah. Oh, it will come. And this platform might have helped it. You know <laughs> <what> I, <mean? laughs> I hope so. so. I, I hope pray, so. Yeah, and uh, that's the beauty. So, for me, what's next? I honestly say this. You you said what's next. I don't know, but I'm ready. Mm. Like, uh, and what I mean by that is I'm serving like, uh, uh, Maverick city has a song it is, uh, wait on him, wait on the Lord. Right. 
And then there's this one part he says, while I'm waiting, I'll just be praising. So while I'm waiting for next, I'll just be serving. I'll just be cutting the grass, figuratively speaking. Man. Right. I'll just be in the trenches working with the kids, uh, working with next. Uh, I do know like what's next is we got a young, uh, some females. I don't want to put their school out there. Um, okay. We're getting it finalized with permission from their parents so, so they can start doing their podcast. And I said, I think a cool name would be as simple as peanut butter and jelly yeah. <laughs> because that's how basic the conversation could be. Right. It's based on them. They come up with everything or it could be some hard topics. Right. So I, it, so they came up with the life. Okay. So I love it. So it's coming out. Uh, we're coming soon. We'll be here in the summertime, but that's a big thing I'm working on. I'm working on a, um, a documentary right now. Uh, we did a lot of shooting of it. It's been a, a about a year in the process. I never, I always thought, man, you could do a movie in like four months, but you really can't. Like you really no. can't. You no. can't. And it's the, the arrogance and the ignorance. I think arrogance is the cousin of ignorance. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can slip in arrogance and become really ignorant. So uh, I learned that it's a process. So I got this fly team that, uh, that works with us in our outreach that does the editing, shooting and everything. Uh, New Spark. Um, we're working with them and they're going to, uh, we're going to do a couple more scenes, um, in the summer uh-huh. and then go into post. Like I'm the producer in that. So I got to really, man, that's a lot. We right. Do that stuff, right? <laughs> and we're doing it on the, uh, history of, uh, murals and art in Annapolis. Wow. Uh, so, you know, we'll be talking about, Commissel, Cindy Fletcher, Jeff uh-huh, Huntington. Uh-huh. Uh, if I didn't name your name, I am so sorry. Uh, just know that you're, you're, you'll be mentioned in the documentary. We won't leave anyone out with no stone unturned. We'll be talking about everyone. So, yeah, it's a lot. And uh, me next, uh, moving, man. Uh, just moving. Yeah. Yeah. And just loving. I, I really, I'm really in a good space. Not like I'm always content. Mm uh-huh. But honestly, I'm never comfortable to the point where I'm like, I could stay there. I'm like, okay. I mean, if you say let's roll, I can roll. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can like, okay, you say let's go over here and do this. We can go over here and do this. Like I'm I'm that flexible. But I'm really in a great space uh with uh everything. Life is good. Uh I always say life is good, God is better, but I definitely know that we're working and we're focusing on kids, getting them to where they want to be. Not where I think they should be. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I want them to go. I, I I stress them like first meeting a kid and working with them. We spend so much time of what do you want? Uh-huh. I have to know what you want or else you're going to be forced to do what I want. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I try to get that across, and that's where, we, where we're heading now is working with more kids, digging in the trenches. Keep digging. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just thinking of, like, a couple of things that you could possibly do to. Uh, raise some money, huh? Yeah, raise that money. Because there's a lot of stuff for nonprofits. I mean, and the greatest part about it is when you get if you can get the fundraising in the community involved, you can, I mean, you just, you have to spend that money. 
Yes. <laughs> so yes, it's the beauty. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. So is you know, you could you could do a lot of I mean, I thought about like a car wash, right? A non profit car wash. And pretty much you get all the people from the community, not just us. That's right. Everybody. All the people yeah. from the community. That's right. Yeah. And you let them know what you're doing. So you say, Hey, we need money to obviously create the business, that's but right. come and support the business. Right. And then at the end of the year, with those bonuses, the people who contributed to the business, now you can start to facilitate that money. So I think there, I'm I'm looking forward to what's next. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll be able to be a part of it, not yes. just from the platform, but whatever you oh, need. If you need, it, yeah. yeah, if you need me to grab a shovel, if, right. hey. if you need me to knock on the door, whatever you need me to do, absolutely, man. Uh, I would love to do that. Uh, last thing though, yeah. And this has been a question on my mind this whole time. How did you get to Annapolis? <laughs> and we'll end with that, man. Because <laughs> you're from PG, and you know how that go. We don't, y'all don't come up here. Because I used to live in Laurel, so I know what I know what's up. All right, back in the '90s, my guy used to work out at the uh, at a gas station here. I'll just leave it there. He came back around the way. He said, man, you know, I got robbed the other night. I said, where? <laughs> he said, Annapolis. I said, by who? A, a, a naval? Uh, right. Because all we think is. <laughs> I said, man, all they got there is. Uh, I can't even say it because I'm on. I said, all they got is yachts in the Naval Academy. Yeah. It was it, another equation. But we, yeah. It's just, it's, it's money. It's, it's money. money it's culture people. Yes. You know, and, and that's it. <laughs> if you don't come out here. You don't, like, <laughs> you don't know because I used to come out to Bay Ridge to the Go Go's and all of that stuff okay. way back. Because okay. that man, we used to leave work early on Fridays to come out to Bay Ridge, my brother and I. That's so crazy. But what brought me out here, I knew nothing about Annapolis. My wife is from Annapolis. Okay, she is from Annapolis. Um, her family is from Upper Marlboro, where okay. I'm from, where I grew um, grew up in my latter years. Right, so I'm out there. And when we met, she was like, oh, you from a Marlboro? You might be my cousin. I got a whole bunch of cousins. <laughs> I like, you cannot have that many. She has that many, many cousins. cousins. <laughs> <laughs> you, had to get, be, you had to get married. I had to. I said, right. It was, was going to be a problem. It wasn't a shotgun wedding. It was shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of them jokes. But I love them, though. Uh, so she's from here, but that's still not why. Uh, when I left entertainment, mm-hmm. All right, you can play this or not. Uh, I'm coaching football because I want to get back. I had to coach basketball, so this transitioned me coaching football. Working at BT, I'm telling them, man, you need to do this. they like 9, 10, 11 years old. Coach, what you talking about? You working at the booty shaking. <laughs> <laughs> BET Uncut was there. And I was like, first of all, I wanted to say, what you doing up at 3 o'clock in the morning watching this? We was all up. I don't know what any of us uh, was doing up at 3 o'clock, but we was up. We was up watching the videos. That was crazy. And I'm at work, so I ain't got no choice. right? But I said, you know how like you... And you just pause because you, you don't have anything right, to say. Right. You are dead wrong in this equation. I wasn't wrong, but he was right. I mean, that's where you work. You that's know? where I work. He was at. I was like, I'm man, I'm not producing these videos. Right. So I just put the play button. So and then rewind and then play. <laughs> so so 
I, I left. Uh, I lit- I literally left. Uh, I was going through a bigger transition. Okay. I was going through. Uh, this is like oh seven. Uh, my wife and I were splitting, right? Mm-hmm. So she left. And I was at work, like, and we had a lot of, like, interns at, at, at BT, you know, and it's a power place. Like, you thought you was, and I ain't even mad. Everyone who at BT thought they was Andre Harrell at the time. <laughs> like, they thought they was that. Right. They walked, I need this done. And I'm like, yo, 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 you know, not right. to me like that. Right. So I said, you know, maybe I just ain't for me no more. Mm. So maybe my time is up because my patience is getting low. Right. So I love the place, but maybe I'm older and I'm about grooming. God said, no, maybe it's you partying too hard and it's tearing up your life. Maybe you should leave and do what I need you to do now. Right. So I followed him. I left that. When I left, because everything was going on, I took another hiatus. I didn't work for about a year. Uh, God is good, man. I see. I see. <laughs> We're going to have to bring you back for part two. <laughs> so I literally leave, man. And when I left, I said, I'm going to work in the school system. Uh-huh. I want to be, a, I want to be, this was my plan. When you said, just follow and he'll take you or right. you'll, you'll lead, you'll be led. My goal was not to work with kids in the capacity I do on uh-huh. any level. And, I'm, and that's being honest, people. My goal was to be a college football coach. I wanted to coach at Penn State or Ohio State. Uh-huh. My, I was tunnel vision I was I started at Lully end up going to Bishop McNamara coaching there shout out to Bevel he now coaches with the New New York Jets he was the head coach back then our head coach man gave me a great opportunity he said you don't know nothing about receivers but I can teach you that but I can't teach character and you have that and he gave me an opportunity wow and I just read up on DVDs. I got a little bit at receivers, but I had great receivers that made me look like I was good, right? <laughs> so that was a great time, and it taught me a lot. And then I transitioned. I went on to coach at South River, Annapolis. And then I didn't coach anymore. And God said, I need you to coach, but I need you to coach differently. You keep hearing these parents say, they need you, Coach Starts. I had teams that won two games a whole year. Uh-huh. I had teams that won every game. All the parents were dedicated to the team because of what they were getting. My wife always said, you need to train people to do what you do. I'm getting frustrated because I'm like, I don't know how to train to care. I just care. And this is how I express care. Wow. And that's all it is. So I don't know how to put you in a desk and say, this is what you do. Example one, one A and all that. Right, right. You just care and do it the way you know how to care. Right. And Ugh. I called because I wanted to work in the school system. I'm not going, I'm going to wrap up on this. I called the school system. Where do you think I call? PG County. <laughs> then I called Anne Arundel. <laughs> then I called Anne Arundel County. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to transfer you to Mr. So-and-so, and he's going to connect you. They transferred me to so-and-so. The other place told me, I said, "Do you? can you transfer me? I could, but you can call also. <laughs> so when she hung up, I hung up. I called Anne Arundel. I did call. I called Anne Arundel County. Right, right, right. I said, I don't want to work there. Right. 
Right. I don't. I can't knock the whole system. But right. I'm telling right. you, that's what led me right. there. Right. So I go to Anne Arundel County. I call there. They said, "Come on down." My wife is from there. Our parents are getting older, right? So she want to be closer in case you know, you right. know Lord forbid. So we want to be closer and you know, go to doctors or whatever. So she gets close. So we in Crofton at the time. I get the call. I'm working at Crofton. That was my first gig. They said, "Oh, we can get you a job right by your house." I was like, "Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be. right, right. right. I would be a coach. I would be a coach in no time. Right, right, right. Three, four. It was five years later. No, it wasn't five years later. It was three years later. I was no longer coaching uh. at all. I didn't. Then what he did was, will not you take this basketball team? So I created a basketball team called the Bates Ballers, and I coached out of Bates Middle School. Only eighth grade kids out of that school. We went like three years undefeated. We were." We were, uh, it was a pleasure and it got me into the community, it got me into community. Okay. And it got me into not just working with the kid on the academic level, but the families on understanding their situations, good, bad, or indifferent. Understanding human, the human uh, variable, uh-huh. the, the, which, the social variables, the uh, economic variables, the life variables right so it, it taught me a lot and humbled me uh-huh. um it humbled me uh and I, and i and i'll close on this and and that's what got me into into the school system because they said if you wanted to be a head coach for a high school you had to work in the school system that's what brought me there never became a head coach for a high school team <laughs> uh, no regrets at all I mean, absolutely not. And I remember I, when they changed that rule, though. Yeah, and then they, yeah, and then they changed it. Yeah, and then it didn't have to be. Yeah, right. So, and I was like, "Well, I'm here." So <laughs> now, now, and and now I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. When I had a kid at Bates, I had this wall. If you get grades, I put your grade up. So he had a C. I was like, "Yo, come on, man! It's B's and A's up there, champ. I can't." Right. So why don't you go ahead and take that home? Ask moms. Put it on her fridge or something. I did. She said, she laughed at it and said, you still ain't going to be nothing. Uh-huh. I said, oh, I need to shut up more. The first thing I learned is you need to shut up more and stop talking about your experience to some kids who will never have your experience. They won't have your normal. That's like telling a kid who's standing on a desk. Do you stand on a desk at home? Be careful. You don't know what that kid do at home. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yes, actually, I do. I do. That's why I'm standing on one ear. Right. <laughs> so so it, it taught me that, oh, my perspective is this big in this equation. Theirs is the only one that matters. How they feel is really ultimately that matters. Right. Regardless of what I said and what I meant or whatever, right? So I learned to, to listen more and understand that the roads are different. And I put his paper up on the wall. I put it right in the middle. And I saw his face walk out. I said, that's all it took? Now, you got to understand I'm learning this. Right. As I'm, I, right. I didn't go to school for this. Right. So I saw his face and was like, oh, my God. So that's what did it, man. And that's what brought me here. And that's what keeps me here to see that. These kids can do anything if we believe in them. Right. Be their biggest cheerleader. Right. And their guardrail and say, no, 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 you can't do that. Right. <laughs> you, you cannot do that. Right. They have to have discipline. 
Right. But you have to have love and support. And that's where I'm at. Well, Mr. (laughs) (laughs) No, Starks, I appreciate you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, For everybody who's listening, keep it uplifting. Make sure to like, comment, share, and most importantly, keep it uplifting.